This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com Funding for Igeret HaTshuva, the Epistle on Repentance, is provided by Isaac, son of Devorah Mindel. Lessons in Tanya The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg thousand one twelve, chapter 11, he says that every year we ask Hashem for forgiveness, even for those sins that he forgave us last year and then we went ahead and committed the same sin over again. And yet he forgives us again. Why? Because Hashem's forgiveness is infinite. Even the first time it's infinite. And therefore the 10,000th time is no different than the first time. So it's as if he's forgiving us for the very first time. And it's just as strong, it's just as powerful. Not like human forgiveness. Human forgiveness, the first time, is very powerful. First impression. First time, very intense, very powerful. Second time, a little less powerful. And then it gets weaker and weaker. So if you commit the same sin, the same person committing the same sin, okay, the first time you ask forgiveness, I'll forgive you. Then you go ahead and do the same sin, you ask me a second time. Not so bad. Not so good. The third time, the fourth time, you know, stop playing with me. Yeah. You know, you lose your patience. With Hashem, however, every single Yom Kippur, we repeat the exact same list of sins. And we're asking Hashem to forgive us for the exact same sin. But He promised last year you're not going to do the sin. What happened to your promises? And now you did the same sin and you're coming to me and asking me for forgiveness? And Hashem is ready to forgive. Even we're asking the second time and the third time. We have a long life. We're asking for many, many, many times. Yet he's ready to forgive. Every year it's like brand new, fresh. A real forgiveness, a total forgiveness. Comprehensive forgiveness. As to all the sins for which we confess in the Alchev annually, though repeatedly <coughs> violated, we again confess to them on Yom Kippur in the coming year and so on always. The question is, why Yom Kippur we have an obligation to do Teshuvah? What if I didn't sin? What if I did? If I did keep my promise and have a clean record since last year, I've changed. I've recovered. I've changed. So why are you asking Hashem for forgiveness? Why is every Jew obligated to do Teshuvah to ask Hashem for forgiveness? Maybe I have nothing to ask forgiveness for. Yeah. <laughs> it's a practical question. <laughs> How many times would you ask that question? <laughs> Never. Not once. I don't think any annals of rabbinic history that hasn't bothered anyone. <laughs> uh, but theoretically, maybe there is such a Jew who never sinned. Why are you obligated? Every Jew is obligated to ask for forgiveness and Yom Kippur and to do Teshuvah. And the answer is because for that Jew who didn't sin, now with a new Yom Kippur coming around, now we're in a much higher level. So yesterday's forgiveness is no longer effective. Yesterday's stain was cleansed. 
for yesterday. But today, now I have moved and transitioned to a much finer suit, much finer, now even the smallest stain will show up. So yesterday's, for, compared to what yesterday, the level I was yesterday, the stain has been completely removed. But to, to be able to go to the next level, yesterday's stain still remains. It still drags me down. Now I need a new atonement, a new reorganization on a deeper level, a new reintegration. I have to deal with it all over again. So every Yom Kippur, you have to deal with it over again. The same for the same sin that in the year before or for a new sin? The same sin, even if there were, let's say there was no sin. For the same sin of the year before, now that I'm a year older, a year more mature, I have to deal with it on a much deeper level, to reintegrate it on a much higher level, a much deeper level. Because I'm not the same, I'm dynamic. And everything in my life, all the parts of my life are also dynamic. So it I keep on moving and evolving and changing. So yesterday, yes, for yesterday everything was resolved and everything was connected and everything was good, reintegrated. But now that I'm ready to move on to a higher level, now all of a sudden it surfaces once again. The problem resurfaces. Because you, you changed. And you're on a much higher level. So I have to deal with the problem on a much deeper level, a much more mature level. You know, when you resolve sin, you can't pretend that the sin didn't happen. Sin is there. It's part of your life. But you've dealt with it and you've reintegrated it and connected and you've resolved it. But now that you're on a higher level, yesterday's resolving won't do it anymore. You're new, a new year, a new Yom Kippur, you're elevated. You're on a higher rung of the spiral. You're on a higher... Now i gotta, I got to deal with it all over again. But that's, who, that's not what Alter Rebbe is talking about here. Alter Rebbe is talking about the majority of us, 99.9% of us, when we ask forgiveness. We obtain forgiveness, and then we sin the exact same sin, and we come back the next Yom Kippur. And Hashem doesn't forget. Well, it's a year later, hopefully you won't remember. No, 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 Hashem, yesterday is like today. <laughs> you were just here in Shul a minute ago, asking me for the forgiveness of the same sin. You committed it again, and now you ask me again. And yet Hashem forgives wholeheartedly. And this idea is not just year to year, but the truth is, day to day, and not only day to day, from morning to afternoon, and from afternoon to evening. Because we ask in the, in the Shemun Esra, we, we confess our sins. And we ask forgiveness three times a day. Because there are sins that we commit in the morning, and we ask forgiveness. And then we go ahead and commit the same sin in the day. When it comes to the Mincha, we ask forgiveness. And then, between Mincha and Mairiv, you have a little break in between, you had a chance to sin, you need again forgiveness. <laughs> you know, some shuls, you do one after the other, you don't, get, you don't give you a chance to... But that, those few moments, you had a chance, now I need another forgiveness. So this makes it even more questionable. How could you ask forgiveness? You just, a minute ago you asked me for forgiveness, then you slapped me in the face again, you asked me for forgiveness again. Like, are, you kidding? are you kidding? Are you playing games here? Are you serious? But that's how the rabbis instituted The rabbis instituted three times a day. We daven. And we ask forgiveness morning, afternoon, evening. For the same sin. And we've committed three times successively during the same day after we've already asked forgiveness for the same sin. And obtained forgiveness. And yet Hashem never tires. Hashem never tires. 
Now, this is not a formula. It's not you press a button and Hashem forgives us. Hashem is interactive. If we ask sincerely, if He doesn't mouth the words and you're racing through the davening and you don't even understand what you're saying and you're clueless what you're saying, you're not paying attention, you're not conscious what you're saying, then you're just wasting your time. That's not, that's not prayer. Prayer is you're standing in front of Hashem and you're talking to Hashem, you're, having, you're communicating with Hashem. And you don't play games. You're standing, you have an audience with the king. You have an audience with the president. You don't play games. You're talking to the king of kings. So you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And every word counts. So we're talking about a prayer, a heartfelt prayer. You ask for forgiveness, even with some tears. And you're confident that Hashem forgives. And then you go ahead and you sin again and you ask for forgiveness again. Especially for those sins that are very difficult for us to be careful of. The Talmud says there are a few sins that it's almost impossible for a person to be careful of. One of them is the mitzvah of constantly studying Torah, not to waste a moment of your time studying Torah. How many people can honestly say that they haven't wasted a moment, every waking moment, every waking opportunity, every energy, ability, talent, every ounce of their brain power is being engaged, fully engaged in studying Torah, every waking moment, every opportune moment. So that's something you can picture asking forgiveness three times a day. You know, a heartfelt prayer, you ask Hashem to forgive you in the morning for wasting time and not studying Torah. And then by the time the afternoon comes around, you already have to ask forgiveness again. And then even in the evening, although you're already asked in the afternoon, there's a short interval, you have to ask again. So there are certain things that are very difficult for a person to live up to the Torah, live up to the expectations of the Torah. Hashem is very demanding. Hashem expects a lot from us. But Hashem is also very forgiving. Because He knows our human weakness, understands our human weakness better than we do. So if we ask sincerely, Hashem will forgive. And He gives us the opportunity to ask forgiveness and to obtain forgiveness. Because we need forgiveness. If we're not living up to our expectations, even though Hashem is very demanding, He's a pushy boss, pushes us very hard, expects a lot from us, demands a lot from us. So if we don't live up to our obligations and His expectations, the code of Jewish law, then we need to ask forgiveness. We messed up. But Hashem gives us an opportunity three times a day to ask forgiveness sincerely and to obtain forgiveness. And as long as we're sincere, because what does it mean that we're sincere? It means we're trying to do what we can. We're trying to do the best. We want to live up to Hashem's expectations. We measure ourselves. Our lives are measured by Hashem. We measure ourselves by Hashem's standards. <coughs> we live for Hashem's standards. Hashem is the ultimate standard. And if we don't live up to his expectations, we feel bad. And we feel sad, and we have to ask forgiveness and cry. And say, What's going? You know, I'm sorry, I didn't live up to your expectations. I disappointed you. And the moment we cry and we're heartfelt, Hashem will instantly forgive us. So he wants us to succeed. And he also gives us the opportunity to know that we're human. And if we don't live up to it, as long as you're trying, as long as you're sincere, and as long as you mean it, He'll forgive us. It's okay. 
it's a very, uh, it's like a paradox. On one hand, standards don't change. Truth doesn't change. But on the other hand, you have to take into consideration the human part. Human weakness, human foibles, human limitations. And that's the reason the Rebbe explains why a bar mitzvah boy says tachnan. Why do we say tachnan? Usually on a festive, a bar mitzvah meal is a suddhas mitzvah, is considered a joyful occasion. A boy becomes responsible, becomes an adult, enters into the Hashem's army, now suddenly is responsible for 613 mitzvot. It should be a, a moment of a joy, an occasion for rejoicing. Why are we saying tachlun, a confession? It should be like a holiday, like a day of a marriage for the Jew. That's when your soul really enters into your body, into your consciousness. And yet we say tachlun, we confess. Like we do on Tisha B'av, whether it's a day of mourning or it's a day of joy. So the Rebbe explains, the, the previous Rebbe says that the reason is because we want to tell the child that to be Jewish means hard work. Don't think that being Jewish is a, is a holiday, you know, it's one big holiday. It's not a holiday. To be Jewish means expecting a lot from you. It's hard work. Roll up your sleeve and get to work. You know, it's not, life is not a vacation. The first day of your life as an adult, you have to realize life is not a vacation. It's real. The Rebbe explains that the message we're telling the Bar Mitzvah boy is the Bar Mitzvah boy could be overwhelmed. Here, I'm accepting upon myself to take all 613 mitzvot. It's like an ocean. How is it humanly possible for a 13-year-old kid to take upon himself all 613 mitzvot and to keep the code of Jewish law? It's overwhelming. Inevitably, I'm going to fail. Inevitably. How is it possible to live up to such a demanding way of life, such a demanding Torah, which constantly demands of us 24-7? thought, speech, and action without any vacations without any holidays, breaks we always have to live up to the code of Jewish law the code of Jewish conduct thought, speech, and action how is it possible? so you tell the child right away on the first day of his entering into adulthood you tell him, hey, don't worry if you sin, you confess you ask Hashem for forgiveness the same Hashem who is so demanding of us and expects so much of us the same Hashem is also kind and compassionate and is forgiving. He understands that you're only human. All He asks of us is to do our best. And we do our best with sincere. And if we don't live up to it, it bothers us and it should bother you. And you ask Hashem for forgiveness, Hashem will immediately forgive you. That's what you confess. That's the message we're telling the child. So in the Shemona Esri, the rabbis structured the Shemona Esri, they, they put it part and parcel of the Shemona Esri, the idea of asking for forgiveness. Because you know, our, we know our shortcomings. It's the famous saying, Halavai Benini. Halavai, we should be a Benini. To perfectly live up to the code of Jewish law 24-7, we know how difficult it is. But as long as Hashem sees that we're trying, and if we don't, we ask forgiveness. Hashem will forgive us. And even if we ask three times a day, He forgives us. It's all he wants from us. Try your best. I know you're human. I'm not asking you to do, to reach the heavens. Just try your best. Do the best that you can. And keep on growing and keep on moving. And then it doesn't paralyze you. Otherwise the Bar Mitzvah boy would be paralyzed. It's overwhelming. 
Look at my failure. I'm human. Inevitably, I'm going to fail. So I might as well quit while I'm behind. Why, why am I wasting my time? <laughs> why, why am I wasting my time? No, don't be overwhelmed. Don't become paralyzed. You have, you have a way. You can ask forgiveness. Try to grow. Move forward. Ask forgiveness. Move forward. One step back. Two steps forward. It's okay. And the whole life is a, is a process. It's a process. And as long as we're going in the right direction, as long as we're climbing, as long as we're moving forward, as long as we're in this process, that's what matters most. It's not where you are in the ladder. It's not static. Life is not static. You're not static. And our relationship with Hashem is dynamic and not static. But as long as we're moving forward. So we stop asking forgiveness. We throw in the towel. Then it's all over. And as long as we're, we're in the game, we're still trying and we're sincere and we're... Then we're going forward it's fine. Hashem will forgive us. And it doesn't matter if it's 10,000 times, a million times, a hundred times. It doesn't matter. We live 120 years and three times a day we're going to be asking Hashem for forgiveness. Do the math. Tens, hundreds of thousands of times in our life. Life is a constant stop and go, back and forth, moving forward, failing, stumbling, going forward. It's fine. We're not perfect. But we're in the process, we're, we're, we're growing, we're going forward. Hashem doesn't grow tired. It's not Hashem gives up on us. Oh. Can you imagine what a broken record? You've been asking forgiveness for thousands of years already. Hashem doesn't throw the towel in on us. Hashem doesn't say, hey, it's a broken record, what am I doing here? Same story over and over and over again. Where are we going with this? Are we getting closer to Mashiach? We're not getting closer to Mashiach is my divine plan being fulfilled or not being fulfilled? Every generation, father like father like son, like mother like daughter, the same story over and over and over again, sinning again three times a day, asking forgiveness. Hashem doesn't grow tired. Every day the sun rises as if for the very first time. Hashem doesn't grow tired. Hashem doesn't grow exhausted. Hashem doesn't grow weaker. This is what we're touching. This is what we're tapping into. This is what we're connecting with. This is the divine forgiveness, divine energy. That's what we say in the blessing. Blessed are you, Hashem. You forgive in abundance. That's only divine forgiveness. Only Hashem has the heart. and doesn't, doesn't lose heart. Doesn't give up. <laughs> we would have given up a long time ago. Is it just the same, or is it Malbeli Slav? It doesn't mean also that it's actually even greater for you. Greater forgiveness? Depends how we ask. It depends on the level that we're asking. Hashem is interactive. Are we asking in a greater way? Not necessarily. We're the same person we were in the afternoon, the same person we were in the morning, the same person we were in the evening. Maybe we looked a little better in the morning before we had that heavy, heavy lunch. I don't know. We're growing older. We're getting more spiritual. We're getting, uh, are we getting less spiritual? Um, not necessarily. Obviously, the forgiveness of Yom Kippur is much more powerful than the forgiveness on a regular Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon. 
day is holier, the neshamas is, you know, we're in touch with our deepest levels of our neshama. So, depending how we ask, the deeper the level of regret, the more sincere we are as we ask for forgiveness, the more response, the greater response we get. Like we learned in the beginning of this part of the Tanya. You have regular teshuva. Then you have teshuva which comes in Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, we're moved. It's much more powerful teshuva. So the response is also more powerful. The forgiveness is also more powerful. Even on prohibitions. Versus a regular teshuva only forgives instantly for positive mitzvah. Sins of omish, not sins of commission. For that, you need Yom Kippur. The teshuva of Yom Kippur. Then God forbid when a person suffers... That hits home a lot stronger. When a person asks for forgiveness after he suffers, it's a whole different uh, kettle of tea. It's a whole different story. It's much, it hits home. It's much more powerful than even Yom Kippur. And God forbid when a person is on his deathbed, he's about to die, we should never know. You can't even imagine the level of teshuva that we do then, the level of regret, the level of forgiveness that we ask then. We're as sincere as it gets. He goes, this is it. This is the moment of truth. There's no more baloney and there's no more politics. There's no more, this is it. This is as real as it gets. So can you imagine the level of regret and, and crying and asking for forgiveness that we do then? The cleansing of the soul that we accomplish then is much more powerful. The greater the power, the greater the level of forgiveness that it evokes from Hashem. Hashem is interactive. But here we're talking about on a daily basis. Could we say honestly that we change drastically from the morning to the afternoon, to the evening? Yeah, maybe the Rebbe, yeah. <laughs> you know, every moment he went from strength to strength, climbing the ladder, and he was a different person in the afternoon, and then he wasn't even a different person, and he just kept on going. But for people, average people like us, 99.9% of us, could we say that there's a dramatic change from the morning to the afternoon to the evening? If anything, maybe it's going downhill, not uphill. And nevertheless, Hashem is ready to forgive. Hashem is very forgiving. Hashem is very kind. Hashem is very forgiving. Hashem knows our human weaknesses. And as long as we're asking for forgiveness, as long as we're... It's a process. Don't give up hope. He gives us 120 years. Maybe with inflation, we need 180 years to get done what we need. For them, it was enough 120. We need at least 180 healthy years to do what we need to do. And as long as we're moving as long as we're going forward, as long as we, yes, we realize our shortcomings, and it bothers us, and we ask for forgiveness, Hashem forgives, move on, it's okay, next, you'll stumble again, don't worry, you know, it's okay, Hashem doesn't get tired, and He doesn't give up hope, and He doesn't lose hope, He has confidence in us, He has trust in us, what an amazing concept, Hashem has so much trust in us. We don't have trust in ourselves. And He has trust in us. He believes in us. It's okay. Go forward. Try your best. Move. Grow. Three times a day. Every year does not necessarily imply a yearly pardon. Rather, three times every day we likewise say, Blessed are you, O God, who is gracious and abounds in forgiveness. As our sages teach, the prayers were instituted in place of the daily sacrificial offerings. The daily morning service would atone for the sins of the previous night, and the daily evening sacrifice atoned for the sins of the past day. So today we don't have offerings. Instead, we have prayer. Avram asked Hashem, 
what's going to what's going to atone for the Jewish people once the temple is destroyed? He had a vision that the temple will be destroyed. So what's going to atone for the Jewish people as a substitute for the daily sacrifices, which achieve an atonement for all the sins of the night, of all the sins of the day? So Hashem said, prayer. Prayer is a substitute. So prayer accomplishes the same thing. It atones for us. Specifically, when we ask Hashem for atonement, in when we say, we're asking Hashem clearly. We're asking Hashem for atonement. Because that is really the theme of prayer. The theme of the prayers were enacted as a substitute for the daily sacrifices which were there to achieve an atonement for the Jewish people for our sins. So every prayer is like an atonement, is like a sacrifice that achieves an atonement. Because we need an atonement. Because they ha- we have sinned at night and we have sinned during the day. And we need an atonement. We need a cleansing. We need a... Otherwise it gets very sluggish. You know the computer gets very sluggish? <laughs> you need the registry cleaned out. You need, you need to clean out. Otherwise it, it, the whole computer starts slowing down. The soul gets very sluggish from all the negativity. And so every, we need a constant cleansing. Constant. Because we're very delicate and very sensitive. You can't leave it a few hours without cleansing. So ever in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, we need constant to keep it quick and sharp like a whistle you gotta be three times a day because you have all the different moods of the day you have all the different seasons of the day you have the mornings and you have the day and you have the night it's, it's different energies different times of the day different parts of the day and each day each part of the day has its own challenges so we need constant atonement you can't neglect it even for a moment Constantly. Except on Shabbos and the holidays. Shabbos and the holidays, we don't say the prayer of Slach Lono Vinukichatan. We don't pray for forgiveness. We're not allowed to pray for forgiveness during the holiday and Shabbat. Except Yom Kippur. Because on Shabbos we're higher than sin. Shabbos we're above sin. Shabbos is not about sin. We're not dealing with negativity. We're not dealing with sin. Shabbos, the whole world is elevated. We're dealing with holiness. We're above it. Even an, even an ignoramus, a board, on Shabbos doesn't, can't tell a lie, doesn't tell a lie. On Shabbos, we're elevated. Shabbos affects us on a whole different level. Even bodily and physically, for the Jew, the world is elevated on Shabbos. It's not about sin. But other than Shabbos, other than Yantif, other than Yom Kippur, we need constantly, constantly. Three times a day. Even in days that we don't say Tachanun. But we say, in the Shemun Esri, we say the prayer, Forgive me, because I have sinned. And three times a day we say, because we need constant atonement. It's interesting. <coughs> what service, what the sacrifices on Shabbos, the daily sacrifices on Shabbos. If Shabbos is not a day of atonement, what is the energy, the dynamic of the daily sacrifices on Shabbos. During the week, the daily sacrifices are an atonement for the sins of the day. But on Shabbos, just like we don't say Shabbos, the daily sacrifices obviously has a different dynamic to it. It's not about sin. I'm sure it's discussed in Hasidus, but we have to, we have to look it up. Shabbos is a, different, a whole different dynamic, a whole different energy. 
Shabbos, uh, the Jew is lifted up above ego, above the world. The world itself becomes elevated, becomes more refined, spiritual and godly. But during the week, we need atonement, constantly, three times a day. Constant cleansing and to move forward and to go forward. We need to deal with the negativity because it's there. Let's not pretend. Negativity is there. We have to wrestle with it and deal with it 24-7. And there's no freeing up. There's no Thanksgiving vacations and there's no New Year's vacations. The negativity is there. On the contrary, sometimes during vacation it acts up even more. So we have to constantly deal with it. So three times a day we need to ask forgiveness. So on day by day, constantly... Just as in former times, the Torah was secured by the regular altar offering. So, too nowadays, our prayer and repentance bring about forgiveness. What, however, is the difference between forgiveness granted on Yom Kippur and that granted daily? Every year means it's only that Yom Kippur atones for the grave sins, while the regular offering of the Allah sacrifice atoned only for the violation of positive commands. In our time, worship was repentance. Substitutes for offerings, atoning only for violations of positive commands as noted above. So the difference between Yom Kippur and the daily is that Yom Kippur forgives the sacrifice of Yom Kippur, the goat of atonement, which the high priest confessed for the sins of the Jewish people. The twin goats, one was thrown off the Azazel and the other one was offered as a sacrifice. So that goat offering atone for the worst sins, the severest sins, the harshest sins. And actually removed the sin itself. It's so powerful that not only did it achieve an atonement for the person who sinned, but it completely removed the negative energy that was brought into the world as a result of the sin. And therefore, once the negative energy was completely removed, of course the person was forgiven because there's there's no mark left, there's no scar left. All the consequences of the sin were completely cleansed and removed. That was only in the time of the temple. That was the power of of the goat that was offered and the goat that was thrown off the mountain. So the atonement that it achieved was very, very powerful. And it achieved an atonement even for the severest sins. So that was Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is so powerful, it has the ability to cleanse and to achieve forgiveness even for the, for the greatest sins because of the holiness of the day and the holiness of the sacrifice. The daily sacrifice, however constant daily sacrifice of the morning and the afternoon only had the ability to forgive for sins of omission. I didn't study Torah, I wouldn't have wasted my time. Sins of mitzvah that I didn't fulfill properly. So too, the prayer, which is a substitute for these daily sacrifices, has the power to achieve an atonement for the sins of omission. Like we learned at the beginning of the Gerita Truva that if a person committed the sin of omission, he didn't do a mitzvah, the moment you ask forgiveness, you're forgiven instantly. So when you say, Hashem, forgive me, and you immediately bless Hashem for forgiving you, it means Hashem has forgiven you instantly, 
What type of sin are we talking about? Obviously, we're talking about a sin of omission. Because if it's a sin of commission, how can you say Hashem has forgiven you instantly? It doesn't work that way. A sin of commission, Shuvah is not enough. You need Yom Kippur to wait for Yom Kippur. And if it's a strict sin, which is a capital crime, then even Yom Kippur is not enough. You need Shuvah Yom Kippur together with pain and suffering. <coughs> and if it's a desecration of Hashem's name, then only death can achieve an atonement. So when you say, we say three times a day, Hashem, forgive me, and we thank Hashem for forgiving us, for being abundant, abundant, and forgiving us abundantly, what kind of sins are we talking about? We're talking about the sins of omission. For example, I, I wasted my time. I didn't use every waking moment to study Torah or to use all of my abilities, my talent, to fully be fully engaged in the studying of Torah. So if it's sins like that, which are inevitable, and it's very possible we can sin three times a day with such a sin. For sins like that, we ask Hashem for forgiveness. The prayer is a substitute for the daily sacrifices, and, and Hashem forgives us on the spot. Three times a day. But now the question is, we have a rule that if a person says, I will sin, and I will repent. I will sin. Let me sin. Let me have a good time. And then I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of business later. Let me have the best of both worlds. Let me sin. And then I'll, uh, I'll already get my act together and I'll do teshuv. So The Talmud says, no, you can't do that. Whoever says, I will sin and I will do teshuv, from heaven they don't enable him to do teshuv. Why don't they enable him to do teshuvah? Because it's a punishment. You're using teshuvah as a reason to sin. Instead of teshuvah being a reason not to sin, by you, teshuvah is a reason to sin. No big deal. I have a way out. I have nothing to worry about. Let me sin. And I'll take care of it later. So I'm using Hashem's forgiveness, Hashem's kindness and His forgiveness. I'm abusing it. Teshuvah is a privilege. Hashem understands human weakness and human, and human foibles and he's, he, he forgives us if we're sincere. But if you're abusing that privilege, you're taking advantage of Hashem's goodness and Hashem's mercy and you're using that as a reason to sin, to go against Hashem, you're abusing this privilege, then you will not be given the chance to do Teshuvah. Truth is a privilege. You, have to, you, have to, you don't take advantage of privilege. Don't abuse privileges. Don't slap it in the face. Here you're slapping Hashem in the face. I gave you a privilege. I gave you the opportunity to truva. You're using that to go against me. To go against my will. I don't have to take the king seriously. Yeah, I'll do whatever I want. And then I'll come and I'll do truva and I'll uh, fine. I'll, I'll be accepted back into the royal palace. Not so fast, mister. You can't play games. It's not a game. You're turning truth into a game? No. This is not sincere. It's not, you're not a real person. You're not a sincere person. You're playing games. You're playing games, it's not going to work. only works if it's genuine. That's why on Yom Kippur, it says if a person, Yom Kippur forgives in all our sins. Except, if a person, let's say, eats on Yom Kippur. 
So Yom Kippur, according to Rebbe, who holds that the day of Yom Kippur forgives you and all your sins. But if you eat on Yom Kippur, then even Yom Kippur can't help you to forgive you for the sin of eating on Yom Kippur. Yes, Yom Kippur will forgive you for all your other sins, but not for the sin of eating on Yom Kippur. Because the prosecutor cannot become your lawyer. You're spitting Yom Kippur in the face, you're eating on Yom Kippur, then you expect Yom Kippur to come and help you. It doesn't work that way. You can't slap, slap Yom Kippur in the face and then expect Yom Kippur to come and help you. The prosecutor can't, become, can't act as your lawyer. If, if Yom Kippur is prosecuting against you, you insulted Yom Kippur, then Yom Kippur can't come and turn around and an advocate for you. The prosecutor can't become an advocate. You can't sin because of Teshuvah. You're relying on the Teshuvah. And therefore I'm going to sin. So that's a reason why I'm sinning. Teshuvah is the reason why I'm sinning. And then you expect Teshuvah to help you. When Teshuvah just became your prosecutor. Teshuvah says you abused me. It's because of me that you're sinning. And now you want me to help you? To plead your case? To be an advocate for you? It's not possible. You can't play games. It's not a game. So the question is, by us asking forgiveness three times a day, and multiply that every day of our life, till 120, isn't that playing games? I mean, is this a game? Okay, I sin. Hashem, forgive me. Okay. I know I'm going to sin again. How do I know it? Because it happened yesterday and the day before and the day before that. So much so, the rabbis instituted three times a day. You have to ask for forgiveness. We need a constant sacrifice because we're constantly sinning day and night. So we need constant forgiveness. So when I asked for forgiveness, I wasn't sincere. When I said, I'm not going to do this, I'm changing my ways. Please, Hashem, forgive me. I'll never do it again. Till till, till after Shemadashri. Till after davening. Sometimes you don't even have to wait till after davening. (laughs) So, I I mean, are we playing games here? It's one thing Hashem could forgive us a thousand times, a million times, as long as we're sincere. But this seems like insincere. This seems like it's a game. You're relying on Hashem's forgiveness, and that's why you're sinning. Knowing that Hashem is going to forgive you again. So I'll go ahead and sin again. No big deal. I'll take care of it. And by the mincha, I'll ask Hashem for forgiveness. And then I'll ask Hashem again at night. And I'll ask Hashem again in the morning. I'll take care of business. And meanwhile, let me, let me sin and I'll take care of business again. From our part, it's insincere. Hashem could forgive us a, a thousand times, one time, a million times, all the same. But from our part, it's insincere. Just like if you say, I will sin in order I will do teshuvah then the tshuva is no longer effective. In heaven, they won't allow you to do tshuva because you've abused the privilege of tshuva. The prosecutor cannot become your lawyer. So here, from our part, it looks like we're playing games. We're sinning, and we're going to ask again forgiveness. We're knowing we're going to sin again, and knowing in the afternoon, they haven't changed the nusach of the prayer. They still kept that blessing in. We're still going to ask for forgiveness again. And again, at night, mincha and Sometimes there's no interval between them. And yet we need to ask forgiveness again. <laughs> That's how much we can be trusted. That's how long it will last. From Purim to Shushan Purim. <laughs> it lasts a minute and a half. So, are we playing games? 
are we asking for forgiveness? And then, so if it's insincere, how could the tshuva help? How could the forgiveness help? If it's the forgiveness that leads us to sin. It's the fact that we know that Hashem will always forgive us. Hashem is so kind and gracious and compassionate and He'll forgive us. And He'll forgive us three times a day and forgive us a thousand times and ten thousand times. And you come to rely on it. Like clockwork. So you're abusing that tshuva. You're abusing Hashem's forgiveness. And maybe that's what's causing you to sin. You're not taking it so seriously. Hashem is so kind. Maybe I'm not taking it so seriously. If it was God, if it was a, a human being, if I sinned for you to a human being, I know, hey, I get one chance. The king may forgive me. I get one chance. I better not blow it. Otherwise, I'm afraid of the consequences. Maybe if I sin twice, maybe I'm pushing it, maybe the king will forgive me again. But that's it. Three times a day. Thousands and thousands of times to sin and to ask forgiveness and sin and ask forgiveness. Then I'm, I'm, I'm abusing it. I'm abusing Hashem's kindness and Hashem's forgiveness. And that's what's causing me to sin. I'm not seriously going to change. Because why, why do I need to change? Hashem will forgive me. The Rebbe says it's not like that at all. However, this thrice daily recitation of God's assurance of forgiveness is not the attitude of one who says, I will sin and later repent, concerning whom our sages say he is not granted an opportunity to repent. For that is relevant only if, while committing the sin, he could have overcome his evil impulse, but depended in his heart on repenting later. Since it was the opportunity for repentance that caused him to sin, he is not granted an opportunity to repent. And even then, he is not granted an opportunity. The language of the Gemara is, Ein maspikin biyad. Ein maspikin means that we won't enable him, we won't give him, heaven won't give him the opportunity to repent. But what if he does repent anyway? He pushes himself in, opens the door and pushes himself in, pushes his way in. No one is helping him, but on his own he pushes his way in. There's nothing that can stop Teshuvah. There's nothing in the way of Teshuvah. Teshuvah helps for everything, even in such a case. It means that we don't help him. Heaven won't help him. Heaven won't enable him. It won't make it easier for him. Because he's abused that privilege. Why? Because it's the Teshuvah that caused him to sin, that led him to sin. It is relying on the teshuvah that led him to sin in the first place. He would never have sinned unless he knew that he can do teshuvah. So he's using the teshuvah as a reason to sin. So heaven says you're abusing that privilege of teshuvah. Then we're not going to make it easier for you. We're not going to enable you. But if heaven doesn't enable him, you enable yourself. Then of course teshuvah is effective. Teshuvah is all-powerful. Teshuvah always works, always helps even in such a case. But if he pressed forcefully and overpowered the evil impulse and did repent, then his repentance is accepted. This all applies to a situation where a person indeed says, I shall sin 
Now he's going to say, but the difference is, a big difference between the case of the Gemara and our case, where three times a day we ask Hashem for forgiveness. Because here we are totally sincere. When we ask Hashem for forgiveness, we're sincere. If it was up to us, we hope, genuinely hope, that we'll never sin again. Otherwise we wouldn't be asking for forgiveness. We're trying. We're trying our best. We know how difficult it is. But we're asking Hashem, listen, I didn't live up to your expectations. I hope that I will never sin again. And I'm asking Hashem to forgive me. And I make a resolution. And if it was up to me, I wouldn't sin again. It's human weakness. And therefore, I can't help it. I, I will stumble. I will fall back. But not because of a lack of trying. Not because of a lack of sincerity. I am sincere. And I'm trying my best. But being human, it's almost impossible to live up to the Torah expectations. It's very difficult to be 100%. I'm trying. And I'm definitely sincere. And I'm crying. I'm asking Hashem for forgiveness. It bothers me that I'm not living up to Hashem's expectations. And I'm asking and I'm obtaining Hashem's forgiveness. If it was up to me, this would be the last time this ever happened. But being that I'm human, all too human, we can't help it. So inevitably, we slide again and we ask Hashem for forgiveness again. And that's okay. It can happen a thousand times, a million times. It doesn't matter. All Hashem cares about is that we're sincere, we're wholehearted, we're in the process, we're growing, we're moving forward. It's not where you are in the ladder, it's which direction you're going. No one is on top of the ladder. You're growing, you're moving forward, you're trying. It bothers you that you're not living up to your potential. You're not living up to Hashem's expectations. You ask Hashem for forgiveness. Hashem forgives you. And you move forward. You're going to stumble. You're going to take one step back. You're going. You're going forward. And this is an ongoing process. It's a never-ending process. And, and that's what Hashem wants of us. Hashem loves Hashem wants the struggle. And he wants the sincerity and the effort. And as long as we don't throw in the towel. So we're not throwing in the towel. We're not playing games. We're not abusing the privilege of Hashem's forgiveness. We're not using that as an excuse why we're sinning. The reason why we fall back into sin is because we're human, we're limited, we're finite. But when we ask Hashem for forgiveness, we're being 100% sincere. And we're trying our best to bring an end, to never happen again. It happens. We'll, ask, we'll pick ourselves up again. On the contrary, we're not giving up hope. We're picking ourselves up. We're trying. That's what's precious to Hashem. As long as we're trying, as long as we're sincere, as long as we don't throw in the towel, we don't turn jaded and cynical and skeptical, and we still believe in the good fight, and we don't give up, even though maybe we should give up. Because after so many failures, <laughs> you try and you pick yourself up again, and you fail and you pick yourself up again. Hashem doesn't grow tired, but we are human. We should grow tired. How many times could you pick yourself up and fail and pick yourself up and fail and the more things change the more they stay the same? And the fact that we're not giving up and we're not throwing in the towel and we're davening again and we're asking Hashem for forgiveness again that means we're in the game. We're trying and we believe that one day we hope that one day we will overcome. We will be able to live up to the Torah. At least at this moment you are. At least, right. So at that moment, that sincerity, 
That's your connection to, to reality. That's real. That's as real as it gets. That's a genuine moment. Because that's what you're hoping towards. That's your dream. That's what you're aspiring towards. You're aspiring towards perfection. I'll never reach it. I believe in it. The problem is when a person stops believing in perfection. That's why immediately afterwards we say the blessing for Gula, for redemption. As long as we still believe in redemption, we still believe in the dream of perfection. It's our own personal lives. We sinned, we stumble, we ask Hashem forgiveness. We sincerely hope that we can reach a place one day where we will completely live up to Hashem and live up to Hashem's expectations 100%. Totally live up to our potential. The fact that we're not and we haven't, and as long as we can remember we haven't, and we're constantly stumbling three times a day, as a matter of fact, constantly, and we have to constantly pick ourselves up, pick up the pieces and go forward, we don't lose heart. That's as, as sincere as it gets. That we human beings, we're not Hashem, we're not infinite, we're not unlimited. And we're disappointed, and we, we have to, our hopes and dreams are shattered again. And we're broken. And yet, we pick ourselves up, and we try to make it whole, and we try to restore our soul, and we try to once again redeem ourselves, and we try to reconnect and ask Hashem for forgiveness and for wholeness and for completion, and we want to live up to Hashem's expectations. That's as sincere as it gets. This is not the case of the person who's playing games. I will sin and I will do teshuva. That, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a person who's playing games. That's not a serious person. So of course in heaven they won't enable him to do teshuva. Even that, even that joker, if he pushes himself and he's sincere, there's nothing in the way, that, in the way of teshuva. Nothing that can stop sincere teshuva. No matter how you come at it. But in heaven they won't enable him. Because he abused, he's playing games. Even in young people? No, if a person says, I will sin and I will, I will do teshuva, that's playing games. That's not serious. Because it's the teshuva that's causing you to sin. I have a security, I have a safety valve. Uh, let me sin and then teshuva will take care of me. That, that's making a mockery of teshuva, making a mockery of Hashem, taking, abusing that privilege. But here we're talking about that when we pray three times a day, it's as sincere as it gets. That three times a day we pick ourselves up and we try to restore our soul and try to make our soul whole and try to reconnect with Hashem and ask Hashem for forgiveness and have trust and confidence that Hashem forgives us. And then immediately we talk about redemption, that we believe in perfection, we believe that our soul will be perfected, the world will be perfect, even though we have no evidence for it and everything points to the contrary. Our personal lives are shattered and broken and constantly, constantly picking, up, picking up the pieces three times a day. And yet we still hope and have faith and trust and redemption and wholeness. That's as, as sincere as it gets. So the fact that I sin afterwards, it's not because of a lack of sincerity. So I'm not, I'm not relying on the sin and the truva and Hashem's forgiveness, and that's what's leading me to sin. No. What's leading me to sin is I'm human, I have human foibles, and life is a, is, a, is a conflict, a very hard conflict and struggle. And the good doesn't always win. Sometimes the good doesn't always win. But the fact that I'm trying, and I'm sincerely trying, the fact that I'm asking Hashem for forgiveness, because I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying my best. Three times a day I'm trying, and I'm not giving up hope. That's as sincere as it gets. And surely Hashem responds. Hashem sees that we still have faith, and we're still carrying the torch. And despite all the setbacks, and despite all the curves, we still are going strong and still trying our best to the best of human ability. 
Hashem's heart, so to speak, melts. Hashem forgives us right away. Three hours later, he has to forgive us again. Okay, what else is news? <laughs> if we're not throwing in the towel, he's not throwing in the towel. But we who plead daily forgive us, preface that prayer by saying, bring us back with a perfect repentance before you, so that we revert no more to folly and sin no more. On Yom Kippur too, we ask, may it be your will that I sin no more. Hence, since one does not rely on one's ability to repent later, right. opportunity is abundantly granted for repentance. We are hoping and praying that we should never have to sin again. We should never sin again. We shouldn't have to ask forgiveness again. That's our sincerest wish. We should be perfect. perfect. We should live up to Hashem's expectations 100%. And it bothers us that we're not. That's our fervent wish. Halavai, I can resolve this issue once and for all. I wish. I wish I were a perfect Jew. I wish I lived up to Hashem's expectations 100%. I didn't disappoint Hashem. That's our fervent wish. We say it in the prayer. Return to us with tshuva shalema. We want to return to you. We want to be good Jews. We want to do the right thing. So in such a case, Hashem will enable us and enable us. There's not, a, not, there's not a shred of insincerity here. It's 100% sincere and moving. Hashem is moved. And if Hashem will enable us and enable us to do Teshuvah. Isn't, isn't it similar to what we learned with Ishmael? When Hashem says that to take him as he is now, even though Hashem knew the future. He knew what Ishmael was going to turn into that he saved him at that, at that point. Is it, is it a similar idea? As, as if we knew what Hashem was thinking, but... Even the angels knew, right, his future. Uh, yeah, but there, it's because of the future, therefore, they pray that he should die now and spear himself and spear us. All that aggravation. Here, it's a much more troubling issue, because here... Three times a day, asking for forgiveness. Three times a day yesterday, three times a day today, and three times a day tomorrow, knowing that you're going to sin between each prayer and the next, and you're going to ask forgiveness again. So, for us, it sounds like a game. It's like, okay, we'll sin, I shall ask for forgiveness, we'll sin, we'll ask forgiveness. So, from our part, it seems insincere. There is no doubt the Ishmael was sincere. The question is, on our part, it's not sincere. Are we abusing... Hashem is forgiveness. Because if we were sincere, why, why would we be sinning again? Just like if a person sins and says, I'm sinning because I'm going to do tshuva later. So it's the tshuva that's triggering the sin. That's why he's insincere. Here he says it's not Hashem's forgiveness that's triggering the sin. We sin because of human foibles and human weakness. But the prayer itself is very sincere. We pray to Hashem, please return me, restore my soul to complete the Shuvah. That's what we're aspiring to. We're asking for perfection, for wholeness. We want to be whole. We're asking Hashem, please make me whole. The fact that we don't achieve it, perhaps never in our lifetime, and we're going to struggle till the last breath, and three times a day we're going to have to ask Hashem to restore our wholeness and to make us whole and then talk about redemption when, the, when we will be perfect the world will be perfect but we've never seen that we haven't achieved it we haven't experienced it life is such a struggle a constant struggle and it seems to be the more things change the more they stay the same and we're going backwards 
But that's our sincerest wish. If that's what you're aspiring to, so you're 100% sincere. The fact that we don't give up hope, and we still shed a tear, and it still stirs our soul, and we're still moved and touched by this idea of forgiveness and wholeness and restoring our soul and returning our soul back to its original, pristine, pure, and holy state, and, and we still believe in redemption. Hashem, is, this is so genuine that we don't give up hope. After all this disappointment, constant, daily disappointment of not living up to perfection, and with passing of time, you may think to yourself, you may become cynical and jaded. Hey, come on, this is a, this is a dream for children. This is, this is a fairy tale. It'll never happen. To be an adult is you've got to compromise with reality and you've got to settle and you have to make peace with reality, which is not pretty and not idealistic and give up your idealism and give up that fire and give up that sincerity. And yet you don't. Three times a day, you pick yourself up and you pick yourself up and you go forward. And you still believe in wholeness. And you believe in the possibility of wholeness. And the possibility of forgiveness. And the possibility of perfection. That's so genuine. There's nothing phony about that. You're not abusing anything. On the contrary. This is what keeps you going. It's Hashem's forgiveness that keeps you going. It's your belief in, in Hashem's ability to restore your soul. That's what keeps you going. That's what gives you the strength to go on. That even when you're going to stumble again, you'll still pick yourself up. Because Hashem's forgiveness will always be there. And the hope for Hashem's redemption will always be there. So this is, this is very genuine and very moving and very touching. Hashem is very touched and moved. This is not anyone who's abusing or playing games. This is as sincere as it gets. So it's a whole different story. As our sages teach, whoever comes to purify himself of his sin is given assistance. The expression, whoever comes, indicates that he is granted assistance as soon as he comes. Haba, as he starts coming, immediately, he's immediately helped out. What do you mean, as he starts coming? For example, in our case, just by saying, please Hashem, forgive me, just by saying it, and by meaning it, just by that itself, immediately Hashem forgives you. Before you finish the blessing, Hashem had already forgiven you. Someone told you, you finish the blessing, thank you Hashem for forgiving me. You just asked it a second ago. Before you even move, before you even take a step, it's already been done. That's how quick Hashem responds. Hashem is waiting. Hashem is eager. Hashem is waiting. Hashem is waiting to respond. But He's just waiting for us to ask it, to request it, to want it. And the moment we come, we, we pick ourselves up, we start in that direction, we take one footstep in that direction, Hashem immediately responds and purifies us. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.